Don't burn the snatch cap. <laughs> Simo and Redmond are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hey folks, this is Simo and welcome to episode 14 of the Thong Slappers. Actually, this episode should just be called the Thong Slapper as I'm running solo. But don't panic, I have a special guest star who's going to be here a little bit later to record with me. Redmond and his lovely wife Deborah are having a well-deserved holiday around New South Wales at the moment, which basically, if you translate that, means that Redmond is being a shit cunt in the area bordered by Bathurst, Sydney and Portland. So if you don't believe us, check out our Instagram page and have a look at some of his videos. Yeah, a bit of a whirlwind tour, I'd say. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, our special guest star this episode is none other than Ben Hewlett from Cobar in New South Wales. G'day, Ben. Thanks for coming along. Hey, buddy. How you going? Very well, thanks. Very well. Now, look, we've asked you on here, obviously, to fill some pretty big shoes, probably smelly shoes, but you didn't dye your hair red for this occasion, did you? No. It's, um, I was let in under false pretenses. I thought I would just kind of ring up and have a chat, and then Red's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be there. I'm like... Well, what the fuck is this? Got led into this by the nose. <laughs> and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, your mate's got an SLR Tirana, and then you actually get me. So it's kind of like you've got a stun for, sunfire bloody powered um, sunbird, and it's actually a rebadge UC Tirana, you know, like. You know, well, my hot sister couldn't come on the date, but here's our fat, ugly cousin. <laughs> well, look, if you're coming as a UC Toronto, at least I can see you when you put the brake lights <laughs> that, on and indicate. Right. When, I'm, when I'm reversing into a park, <laughs> you'll be able to pick me from a mile away. That's exactly right. Now, listen, okay, I've got a bit of an ulterior motive for having you on the show today. Look, I want to talk to you about the Running on Empty Festival, which you're a co-host of, which is coming up later this year in Cobar on October 26th to 28th. But, mate, before we get into that, now, look, I kind of know of you you not that i've obviously know you you know personally i didn't years ago or anything like that that's for sure but i kind of know of you from seeing you in street machine with your attachment (laughs) with your attachment to the army based projects like the um uh, project digger uh ltd you guys built and -hmm. also the armageddon oh army getting sorry the land rover but mate just to kick off what kind of got you into cars in the first place yeah okay um, so as we lie down on the leather couch and talk to the uh, visiting psychiatrist. Um, so I, I promise in... I promise not to take too many notes. It's <laughs> we won't right, try to get too deep, Maple. No, um, <laughs> look, I grew up in country Victoria and the same way a lot of guys and girls get into cars, my dad was into cars. So he was in his uh, youth a valiant man. Oh, top bloke, top bloke. So his first car, I think his first car after he left tech school and went back on the farm was a 71 VH Charger. Yeah, yeah. And then and then after that, I think he had a good year and he got a CL or a CM265 Hemi with the ELB. And then there might have been something else after that. And his father had an AP5 they used to cruise around in. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember being very, very young and my brother and mum and I going four up in the front of a HX or a HZ uh, lime green or liniment green ute. So to be into cars was always going to be a natural progression, having grown up around them. And then, oh, that's right. After that, I remember Dad had a VH three hundred eight four speed. I had to get taken to hospital in Melbourne from, um, if anyone knows where a Chuka is up on the river. So it's probably two two and a half hour trip. And Dad, 
Dad sent a few records that day. It wasn't like it was an L34 <laughs> spec, but I know he had a ring hanging out. Yeah, um, yeah. So, like, to get into cars was always going to be a natural progression. So my brother and I were reading, you know, late 80s, early 90s, all growing up with Street Machine magazine. Yeah. As you yeah. guys remember very well growing up with it then. Um, and then we had always had paddock bombs or paddock bashes or uh, whatever you want to call it. So we had some cool stuff growing up, like... Um, Little Datsun 120Ys, little 180Bs, you know, the Revenge of the Japanese. You just couldn't, <laughs> you just couldn't kill those cars, eh? Like, no. you'd run out of oil, run out of water, run out of petrol, and you just top it up and keep going. They were pretty tough. I remember my old boss used to have a Datsun 1200, like, it's just a workshop runaround car, and he would rev that thing, like, we'd be in, like, <laughs> wet roads, wet roads driving around the gap, and he would rev that thing that hard. It'd go silent. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. if you ever... Revved, an, revved a car or revved an engine that hard, the, just the engine oil just disappears. It was unbelievable. Yeah, but it hung in there. It you're hung in the there. eye of the storm. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. But yeah. they were cool. Like all those old, those old Dats and stuff, like we used to smash them around the paddock and everyone had them. Yeah. And now, like you look at what a good Dats and 1200 ute makes. So if you can't even find those 180Bs or those. 200 bees now because you used to pick them up for a couple hundred bucks fog the death out of them and park them up because you got bored with them yeah yeah it wasn't that you ever killed them no no and like anything else they're just not around anymore no i mean look really with a 200 b the only thing used to kill those was the tail lights had fade really yeah a bit of rust so 180b with 20 more mistakes but look they were (laughs) they were a cool thing to learn to drive like i remember going down the paddock and you'd go fast and you couldn't reverse until the valve started floating and you just swing around and jamming into third. You'd do that all day. All <laughs> day. Go. I remember, speaking of Datsuns in that kind of era, when I was an apprentice mechanic, I had to do, like, we used to do a pickup delivery service. So I had to get a Datsun Stanza Triple S. Nice. And I, it was yellow. Nice. It was, like, yellow with the black down the bottom and the, the red stripe and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's cool. And I remember taking off in this thing, and I'm like, geez, this thing's so sluggish off the mark. Like, it was a manual. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this thing, uh, yeah. was it got like Salt Lake diff gears, like two O's or something in it? Then I realized <laughs> yeah. the five-speed number one was down, down to, the, to left. the left. So I was taking off in second all the time, like, man, this thing's, Jesus, what's going on here? Like a good so, JFK film, down to the left, down to the left. <laughs> Down to the left. (laughs) It's funny you say that because a mate of ours, Lockie, that lived around the corner, he bought the exact same car. Mm. It wasn't, it was similar decals on the side, but I think it was like that sky blue sort of color. Yeah, right. And he's had the five speed in it. And he had it for four months before he figured out first was down to the left. Yeah. Down to the left. That's right. That's, it's a, definitely a trap, and I mean, God, even to the opposite end of the spectrum, a mate of mine used to have a Gemini, and I was just sitting in the car one day, we were like talking on the driveway, and I was sitting in the car, and you, you know, you sit in the car, and the door's open, the legs are hanging out, but I'm, I'm racing through the gears, just stationary, and I'm going like, first, and I'm like, making the noises to chirp into second, chirp into third, chirp into fourth, swinging on the wheel, like just sitting in the driveway, just being a dickhead. Yeah. And I went, I into fifth, and I went, into fifth. And he goes, what? What What'd you do? I said, what do you mean? And he goes, what do you mean fifth? I said, fifth. He goes, is that a five-speed? He'd had the car for like a year and didn't even realise because it had like the spider gear knob on it. Oh, oh the pit rat. Oh, yeah, oh that good. fuel wasted. <laughs> uh, there is a story kicking around Cobar. There was a guy. He went across. He had a. What do you have? 
He had an older bike and he went from Perth across to Sydney one way and the guys met up with him in Wilcannia and he was getting mm-hmm. fuel. Yeah. And they said to him, oh, you know, what sort of speed you're getting in it? It was like a step through. It was not like a posty bike. It was something else that had gears. Yeah. And they yeah. said to him, how you going? And he goes, oh, it sits on about 80, 85. And they said, oh, you should nearly get 100 out of it by the time you're in fifth. And he turns around and looks at him <laughs> and they go, fifth? <laughs> and he'd ridden, <laughs> he'd ridden oh. 3,000 Ks and it only had four gears, according to him. <laughs> <laughs> A noisy <Shattered>. slow ride. <laughs> um, oh. We're digressing completely. What were we even well, talking about? See, that's oh, basically it. You're a definite hashtag mort of thong slappers because straight away we're like five minutes into your interview and we've got sidetracked. That's just how we roll. So it's all good, mate. Yeah, back to your cars. So this one you'll love, and it's um, Dad said to me, okay, if you come up with half the cash, I'll spot you half the cash and we'll buy your first car. And I thought that was a pretty cool deal. Yeah. And over where my cousin or Dad's cousin was, sorry, over at Corowa, found this HX Kingswood. Yeah. My first road registered car, and it was uh, red which is why we call it Redwood, but it had a vinyl roof. And the reason mm. it had a vinyl roof, because it used to be a cop car. Okay, yeah. And it was a 253, three on the tree. And because it was an ex-cop car, the speedo was in two-kilometre-hour increments instead of yeah. five. And yeah, instead of being right. the yellow or the white needle, it was a white needle halfway up that went to a real fine pin needle with a red end. Ah, okay. So you could sit behind sit behind fuckers and, you know, do them for speeding or whatever. And they did the vinyl <laughs> roof on it because that's obviously where they had the lights bolted in. It had, um, it had bucket seats in it. And that was my that was my first road-registered car. And that was, you know, sort of looking at the start of my apprenticeship as well. I went into the Army and did my apprenticeship. And there's, you know, the old 253 used to get a bashing. Like, there's no way known the 289 Ford or the 273 Chrysler ever got bashed around as much as the 253. Like, everyone... <laughs> Used to rag on them, and they said, you know, you can't make any power. They're shit house. And yep. I, I'm a bit stubborn. I don't like being told. So I poured about five or six grand into this 253, like pulled it out. We did a Castle Main Rod Shop Super Turbo 5-speed. Got, mm-hmm. got to meet Rod Hatfield and Lionel, the redhead Lionel that was working for him at the time. Yeah. We put a 5-speed yep. in it, three five diff gears, yellow terra heads, single-plane manifold, holy carb, Four into ones, decent crow cam, good compression, like 10 and a half compression. Yeah, spent all the money on it and didn't tell the boys at work. I just said, yeah, we just done up a nice 308 chuck of the Redwood. And the mm. boys took it for a drive and they're like, yeah, man, that goes really well. It's a cool three, you know, cool 308. I said, it's a 253. They're like, bullshit. And I'm like, it's a 253. And the boys are underneath looking at the bloody engine numbers on the block going, oh, shit. You haven't stroked it. And I'm like, I promise I haven't stroked it. It's a 253. Yeah, so I was yeah. quite proud. I could get a, I get a little two five three sort of thumping along, and it did. Like that made, that made just over three hundred horse. Like that was a, that was a cool little donk back in the day. This is late nineties. Yeah, so, that's you know, right. Four hundred horsepower streetcar in the late not mid late nineties. Like that was, that was a cool thing, you know. Yeah, and that's exactly right. Like even I remember even to the point a fourteen second car in street machine. That was like class as a quick street car. So if you and had if you... a fourteen second street car on Friday Saturday night cruising down the main drag like you you were not to be fucked with yeah that's you right know what i mean that was that was cool 14 seconds and if you went 13 seconds on street tires everyone would be like this guy you'd be the arthur fonzarelli or whatever fucking main street you were cruising <laughs> on you know like you yeah. were just shit <laughs> and now you turn around now and you're just like unless you break bloody 
13s out of the factory now you're not having to go no and that's the crazy part about it too like we spoke early on with the thong slappers about the supercar scare evan green you know riding yep. that big thing in 1972 and the impact yep. it had to the car scene 73 onwards and that's exactly right like basically what killed a lot of the manufacturer stuff back then has become a reality in the last decade easily anyway with turbos right. and stuff like that so and um pretty much from there like what actually happened to the redwood have you still got it or did it no, just get moved on or what ended like up happening all of us should have kept all their cars it'd be worth 10 times as much as what they were now i sold that one to a mate um what did i buy after that geez i don't even know i had i had a hq two-door for a while yeah and that was a real cool thing that was a 308 turbo 350 um that got stolen in Brisbane. That was that was that hurt. That hurt me right to the bone. Yeah, I um, bet. Mark II Escort with sixteen hundred Cam Weber extractors, three seven gears. Yeah. Um, Did it have Escort back to front on the front spoiler at all? Was it one of those, like a sports uh, one? No, it had the lip on the boot. It yeah, did okay. have the lip spoiler on the boot. What else was in amongst all that? There was some, oh, there was a VG hardtop. Oh yeah, yeah. VG hardtop, and that that was a cool two six five torque fight. That was a cool, cool, cool car. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All that stuff. That two door. If I still had that, because that was a match in numbers. That was a match in numbers. Three oh eight, uh, four speed. That two door. Yeah. Oh, hang on, you talk, are you back to the Monaro? You're talking about that. Monaro. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Monaro, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Three oh eight four speed match in numbers. Like I bought that for five grand, and the insurance payout two or three years later was like. Fifteen seven, I think, was mm. insurance payout. Like that's how much they jumped. Yeah, that quick. Oh, look. Even you know, regardless of it, it could have been an HQ Belmont. Really, if it's something oh. that you're attached to, it doesn't matter how good a spec or anything. Like, if it's just a car you're attached to and you lose it from some, you know, fucker stealing it, it's it hurts regardless. You know, it'd be worth catching them stealing it just to catch them do it. Mm. Just to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to catch the fucking. So if anyone's got a HQ Monaro, a two-door Monaro, and they pull the driver's side um, door trim off, and inside there's a little hand drill with like a 13 mil drill bit. Fucking mine. <laughs> I want it back. Get a hold of the and they'll give you a 40 yeah. address for Cobar. I know and you just... live in Ipswich. I know it was in Ipswich. I was living in Brisbane at the time. It would have been someone from Ipswich. Oh, mate. I tell you what, though. Just forget that Ben has military training, okay? It's okay. <laughs> I'm sure he'll just be happy to get the car back. So. I've dealt with it all very well. I've completely let it go. <laughs> what are you punting around these days, car-wise? Uh, so this afternoon, I put a headlight into a Ford Territory, my wife's diesel Ford Territory. That was yep. an asshole of a job. Um, so at the moment, I've got a HX sedan in a thousand pieces. I've got mm-hmm. a complete... WH Statesman in Sydney. I've got to go pick up. That's going to be the donor car for that. The other ah, Auto nice. Donor. Yeah, um, yeah. I've got a WB with a V6 EcoTech in it and mm. a Castlemaine Rod Shop blower that I'm going to get rid of to fund the HX. Yeah, yeah. Got a posty bike. I've got a Toyota Land Cruiser turbo intercooled, brand new paint job on it. Mm. Old 1983 that I turned into a dual cab Ute, extended the chassis. Oh, I like this. Is that like a 60 series wagon? Yeah, the old yeah, 60 cool. series. Yeah, so, um, which is pretty handy at Cobar because we go out bush and do a bit of shooting and stuff. So it's good to have that big old blue girl. 
Down, sorry, just quickly, did you cut it down because the rear of the roof was rusted out like they all do, or was it no, just something you decided I, to do? No, I wanted a long wheelbase ute. Mm, um, yeah. I didn't have 80 grand sitting around to go and buy a brand new cruiser. Yeah. So for about three and a half grand, got this one, put a 79 series back on it and extended the chassis 650 mil. Yeah. And um, made a mine, Corin and I built a tray for it and we got it all powder coated and then Mick... Lehman, who's an amazing car builder in Cobar, he um he gave me a hand to spray it and yeah, that's the daily driver now. Yeah, sweet. That sounds like yeah. the go. And look, what I'll get, what I'll do is I'll get um you Ben just to send us some pics and we'll post them up on our Instagram page for people who are keen to see your wares. It's, I'm actually oh, yeah. pretty keen to see that cruiser especially. <laughs> so uh, anything you've got, just flick it through, mate, and we'll we'll post it up. So yeah, that'll cool, definitely man. be the go. Cool. Now um. I suppose we should probably get on and have a chat about uh, the Running on Empty Festival. I, I guess to start with, what what sort of, I guess, spawned your love for this movie and, and how did the whole festival come about to start with? Uh, look, I think anyone our age that's into cars, like you and Redman are a little bit older than me. I'm sort of the, the back end of Gen X. I'm sort of the last of them, yeah. 79 model myself. But yeah. I think anyone that was sort of, you know... I know guys, you know, in their 60s that grew up watching this movie when it first came out. Because when it first came out, you know, Cowan was going to try and get it banned because it was going to um, encourage people to go street fucking racing. To try it out <laughs> loud. We already but were. They, they yeah. were going to try and ban the movie because of that. Anyway, but like guys like you and me and Red and everyone else out there that's listening, like, as good as Mad Max is and as everything that movie represents, Running on Empty was actually the cars that we were driving. It's mm-hmm. actually the cars that we grew up in. You know, it was EKs and XYs, and if you're lucky enough, you might have been rolling in a 57. But, you know, it was it was day-to-day stuff, even though it was very, very 80s, like the fashion, the music, the style mm-hmm. of the cars. Like, that's what we grew up with. So I think if people are honest with themselves and you, you're a car head and you grow up in Australia, that's your number two movie, easy, if not it's your number one. Look, so, it's it's definitely in my top three. Like with Midnight Spares, is probably another a great movie. I'm probably best not to get started about because I won't shut the <laughs> hell up. But, um, but look, it's, it's yeah. another one Max Cullen was in. That's right. Of course, you know he plays I mean? Rebel, Rebel in Running on Empty. Running mm. on Empty, but he was in also in Midnight Spares. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The panel beater. Yeah, he had the panel shop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was a cool character. Great, he had a great accent in that movie. That's for sure. But you know, it, it's interesting you say that kind of the real '80s, like the full-on fashion and all the rest of it. And I swear that that movie definitely inspired the, you know, the Wraith. Have you seen that with Charlie Sheen? It was an American yeah. movie made in the late, in yeah. the sort of mid '80s. Yeah. Every when I first saw that, I thought, man, this is just an American like ripoff of Running on Empty. But that kind of, <laughs> you know, you have those guys like they work and all the rest of it, like you know the, the main characters. But then you have this this group of the outlaw street racers who just seem to survive without anything, without any money or future prospects. And that's kind of. Always thought, I always thought that with the Wraith, it was just like an American sort of rip-off, I suppose, of running on empty. But, you know, you're dead right about the cars in that movie. And I, I think seeing that movie is kind of what, I guess, me personally, I thought, oh, man, I'd love an EK Holden with chromies and a bit of rake kind of from <laughs> yep. that. So, yep. yeah. Mm. So, um, so I grew up with that movie like the rest of us. So I guess, you know, fast-forwarding from the 90s, fast-forward to four years ago. Yeah. Sitting around Cobar, and for those that know the movie very well, Cobar was when 
when Mike said, let's go burn some wood ducks and go out in yeah. the country and go race for the cash, that's what they ended up in Cobar. So anyone who's spent time in Cobar or been to Cobar or lives in Cobar, when they watch the movie, as soon as they head west, like you're seeing all these iconic landmarks and all this scenery around here, like the red dirt and salt bush that everyone knows. So straight away, it's kind of a bit of pride for people around Cobar to see that movie and watch that movie and go, yeah, yeah. And for the older guys who are in their cars, they remember it. They remember, like, uh, they had a garage down near the railway station, down mm. near where Sandvik is now. Yeah. And they were working on cars all day and all night, and local mechanics were working on cars. And oh, cool. The EK yeah. come about, that was actually a local car at okay. the time because apparently the directors and the producers approached a couple of guys in town. One of them, actually, one of them was my boss, and he had a HD that was purple, like, I mean fucking purple like fucking in your face purple like it was probably a doors closed respray but it had the rake on it like he had jelly beans on it and she was on a bloody 30 degree angle and love oxtails and spotlights on the front and i think he had 186 with did he have a 18 i think he had an xu um x2 set up on it the old hd x2 oh the twin downdrafts twin yeah. downdrafts yep. on it and extractors and an oil pressure gauge i think he'd put all that into it yeah. Anyway, they asked him to be in the film, and you know you got to remember the boys out here would have been who's these blokes from Sydney? They just want my car so they can crash it, and everyone was a bit hesitant to yeah. cough up their cars. And then you know a couple of weeks later they go and burn an XY Falcon down by the old res, and everyone's like, "They'll fucking get my car." Those fuckers did that perfectly good XY. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so moved to Cobar after I got out of the army, and and knew that you know Cobar was. A lot, of, a lot of the scenery for the movie, and I thought it'd be cool to have a bit of a festival in Cobar. Like, and Johnny De Bruin, who's, who him and I are in this thick up to her neck together, we yeah. thought it'd be cool yep. to have this festival and have like two, three hundred people come here, have the car clubs from like local car club, Burke, Griffith, Narromine. Narromine's got a really good car club. Shout out to those boys, um, yeah. Dubbo. Yeah. Have all these little car clubs come in, and we could just have a really cool weekend. And Actually, nearly exactly freaking 12 months ago, I thought I'll I'll chuck it up on social media, see what sort of response we get, and I'll ring around and see how we go. Don't <laughs> the been, calm before the storm, mate. But it didn't. Like, at the time, we're just sitting there like, oh, you know, we'll have to really push it and we'll have to invite car clubs and do handwritten letters and emails. And, and I rang... Um, Steve Courtney, who was one of the mechanics on the film. Oh, yep, yep. Yep, so I've heard of Steve. Steve. Yeah. yeah, he gave me a bit of time, and Steve said, yeah, look, you know, you know you'll know, you need to work hard and blah, 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 and do this and do that. Anyway, no worries. And then we got a bit of feedback, and a couple of people said, yeah, this seems cool, and then it looked like we were going to get maybe 50, 100 people. I'm like, yeah, that's mad. And then the current owners, the co-op, the boys in Perth that own the original Fox One, Roan, the original Dodge Challenger. Yes, yeah. Sent me a message. I think it was on Facebook. It might have been an email. I can't remember. And they said, we own Fox One. My, my first instinct was like, fuck off. And they said, no, 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 <laughs> we own Fox One. And they sent me all these photos. And I'm like, yeah. fuck these fucking fucks with fucking Perth own Fox One. How good's this? And, and the photos they sent, like, it looked Mickey Mouse. Yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, look, I've got this festival next year in Cobar. And they said, look, We'd love to come out. It's a long way. And I said, look, if you guys can come out, I'm in a position with the RSL sub-branch being the president. Mm. If we can do it as a, you know, a bit of a turn, 
to build a World War One monument. Maybe I can, you know, use a bit of funds and get some sponsorship in town and then provide you guys with a bit of transport and accommodation to entice you coming out here and reduce your costs. Anyway, we did a virtual handshake agreement, as it would be over the phone, and the boys were in. Yeah. And I said, oh, can I tell everyone that Fox is coming? They said, yep. Yeah. So I told everyone Fox wasn't coming, and it just started to build a lot of momentum really quick. Oh, sweet. Like, yeah. All of a sudden, it went from this, uh, the boys out the bush having a festival, to these guys have got Fox coming. They've got the original Dodge Challenger from the movie, and then everyone took it seriously. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, straight up, my good mate Russell Soper, g'day Russ, he's tying down from Mackay for the festival <laughs> to bring his HQ. So he's tying from Mackay all the way to Cobar for this. So it's... You know, people are keen because I, I think too, like people sort of similar age to us, they're loving all the stuff that they loved in their youth. It's the whole, you know, Gen X is really the generation that's that's never been able to grow up. We love the trappings of our youth and what a perfect opportunity to have a few laughs and you know the one liners are going to be going crazy the whole time, you know, as well. So oh, anytime boy, someone's cooking, oh, mate. Yeah, that's exactly right. Don't burn the snatch, Kev. Like every time someone's doing anything that involves, well, with or without cooking. Um, but yeah, so that it's going to be a great time, that's for sure. And you know, I just if I can just sort of do a quick sidebar on this, just in relation, you know, you being uh, RSL branch president of Cobar, there, mate. Like you'd have to be probably one of the youngest, if not the youngest, in Australia for that, surely. I mean, how old are you now? What, 38? 30, what, what, 79 you were born? So, what, yeah, 38, 30, 39? 38, yeah, 38, waiting for my birthday in October. So, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe. I Honestly, honestly, it's not something I've researched. I, I don't know. Typically, when I was in the Army, most of the guys that were presidents of sub-branches were ex-Vietnam sort of era, sort of, you know, those yeah. older blokes that have sure. been around. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's something I honestly haven't looked into. Maybe oh, I could be. Definitely wouldn't be the most attractive, but yeah, it could be the youngest. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's funny. Say. When I think of RSL presidents, and no offence, of course, to any RSL presidents out there, I can't help but think of that guy with the grey hair, the older fella who used to be really outspoken on the news all the time. His name just escapes me. It'd always be in the, in the suit. Teddy Ruxpin. Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> and, mate, it just, you know, so I, I think he, he definitely... He'd come down to you at the RSL on Sunday, Walk past you. G'day, champ. You're winning. And off we'd hobble. <laughs> yeah, cool. bloody oath. All legends. All died them all legends, a lot of them. Yeah, no, I know that's exactly what you're talking about, though. Yeah, Teddy Ruxman. Yeah. yeah. Look, and, you know, just really admire the work you do just with the RSL as well and for, you know, everyone who contributes to their local branch too. And, I mean, I think you do a stellar job and, and especially with this festival to actually, you know, as a fundraiser to have the uh, try and get a monument built in honour of, you know, the World War One diggers from that area. It's, you know, it's, it's a great um, thing that you're doing and I think it's really a great cause that people are going to get on board too. So, yeah. Look, it, it, was, it, was, it was one of those things when people found out we're doing the festival everyone was really supportive of it and it was just yeah that's cool it was fantastic you're like yeah oh, thank fuck because i was hanging out here in the breeze thinking it was just fucking me being a dickhead <laughs> for a minute but whenever i got up behind it was great but then and i never meant to promote it and go oh, i'm on the sympathy vote or whatever i just said look there was people asking questions about why are we having this festival because you know everyone, yeah everyone asks questions now it's information age and i said oh look we're we're, we're having this festival so this festival can raise money and put it towards a World War One monument. Yeah. And as soon as I said that, I don't know, it's, the Gen Xs that are into the car scene in Australia tend to be a fairly patriotic bunch. 
Yes. You yeah. may not love your government, but you love your country. And that's a fairly fucking serious comment for about 3.30 in the afternoon on a Sunday. And I'm on the fourth <laughs> Great Northern. Redmond, give me a few tips about, um, about how I should uh, conduct myself on thong slappers. Oh, did and, he? Yeah, cheers to Broads. This is my fourth Great Northern. You won't know what this tastes like for another eight, nine days. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's as soon as we told people, you know, this is the actual reason we're not, Johnny and I aren't making money with it. Like, we're not going to go up to the Caribbean and get a whole heap of hookers and some blow and just spend the whole lot of, you know, in a month, buddy, sitting on a white beach sand. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, this is this is what we're putting it towards. And people are really supportive of it. So, you know, people like yourself and everyone else that gets behind us and supports us and, you know, puts us up on social media and, and promotes us and what we're trying to do, really don't ever think I'm not appreciative. Don't ever, ever ever let me carry on like a second-hand motorbike about it because I am really appreciate what you guys do. And especially for the town of Cobar as well, like the inundation of folks heading out there for the festival. And I think too, like it's it's great. And for all the stops along the way, like it's it's a much bigger picture oh, than just purely the running on empty festival. logistics, Batman. Like we, mm. we ran out of accommodation in January. So there's nowhere in Cobar you can physically get a motel or a hotel room and the caravan park booked out. Yeah. So yeah. at the moment, we've still got a few spots left if you want to sleep in Tent City down mm. on the uh, the Cobar Roosters Rugby League grounds. We've got, um, you know, that Tent City they set up at Bathurst. You sort of walk yes. in, walk out. Yeah. We've got that yep. set up with security. So you can park your car next to your tent mm. and then piss off for the day or whatever you want to do and you're going to have security by your car. Yeah, um, that's the go. Mm. The show grounds have opened up to caravanners and we're still working on a few other things to get people in town because... We're looking at the moment like we're going to get 3,500 people to this thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's then, right. not only have we got to get them a spot to sleep, then they're not going to get run over by traffic moving through one of the bloody big east-west thoroughfares of Australia, mm. but we need, to, we need to feed them, need to make sure they're watered, need to entertain them. So, like, when we have the big do's on Saturday night, we can only absorb 800 people into the bowling and golf club where we've got everything happening. So all the other pubs and clubs, we're like, you need to fucking ring Shannon Noel and get everyone who can down to that pub to go and watch Nolsey go off about private school boys that throw cans at Ning and bloody um, Duck Creek races or, you know, go down to the Western or go down to the Grand and say, you guys need to have live entertainment because you can't, we can't absorb that many people without every club in pub and town doing its bit. Yeah. I actually really like that of Nolsey. Nothing like making someone oh. responsible for being a fuckwit, I think. <laughs> honestly, honestly, his <laughs> approval rating in this postcode has gone up 6,000% in the last two and a half weeks. What Sweet. a fucking legend. Someone carried him like a dickhead in a public place yep. and he burnt him to a crisp. <laughs> Shannon cool. Noel could run for Prime Minister right now and he'd bloody win like a landslide in this electorate. I think so. 100%. Mate, you're going to need some B-double tankers of 98 parked up behind the survey too, I think. Really funny so. you mentioned that because a mate of mine, Mr. Harry Mooring from Louth, who's recently got a job with Inland Petroleum, who supplies two thirds of the fuel to Cobar. Yeah, and yeah. they've done the sums, and they're like, "Well, we'll have to send four tankers out on Saturday." Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, so, say you get three thousand people, right? And say three thousand people, say two people per car. So there's fifteen hundred cars. Extra cars on top of that. Extra yeah, cars, in, right? Yeah, on top so of the normal Cobar. Yep. yep. So say their average fuel tank size is 60 litres and say the majority of them are guys that like their fucking cars. They're going to put 98 in it if they're not driving a diesel and towing something down. 
Yeah. And yep. when you drive into Cobar, like the nearest fuel station from Cobar is Ningen, that's 134. If you go to Burke, that's 160. Mm. If you go to Wilcannia, that's 200 odd. If you go from here to Mount Hope, that's still 160. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what people do. When they get to town, they will fuel up before they leave. No, that's that's a you know a really you know what I mean? valid. It's going to be like mad. Something it sounds... Someone's going to steal that fucking B model <laughs> Mac and start that fucking thing with a pen. Just yeah. to get fuel going down the road. Everyone's going to be just jumping on the back trying to rape it. But it, we have look. In all honesty, we have thought about all that logistical sort of stuff, and we have got plans in place to make sure people are going to have those services available to them. But yeah, that's twelve for months sure. ago. If you told me this. You know, if you told me, oh, it's going to be a problem with fuel for your little festival, you'd be like, piss off. That's Polish, isn't it? Yeah, piss off. That's a Polish name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Jeff Rowe, he's a legend. I've rung him a couple of times, Rambler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a legend. That that actually probably leads me to my next question. Who's your favourite character from Running on Empty? Honestly, from the movie, when you watch the movie, yeah, I think everyone likes Rebel. Yes, yeah. Everyone loves Rebel because you're just cool as cool as cool. But my favourite personality now after talking to everyone, so we got Max Cullen coming. We've got Rebel coming. And Max, awesome. He's Max a legend. Max keeps ringing up every couple of months asking what extra stuff he can do, how he can be involved, what else he can do. So oh, he's fantastic. He signed yep. his emails off. Uh, Max Rebel Cullen. That's how he signs his emails off. <laughs> See, That's I'd be like... Is. I'd be like a school kid. I'd just be so excited. I'd, you know, be oh, counting down the sleeps to meeting him. Total fanboy, just. Oh, thanks, <laughs> I love you. If I remember you in Secret Cola, Valley. That'd be awesome. Bring oh, <laughs> <laughs> me brother up straight away. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Fucking Max Collins coming. How fucking good's that? Um, <laughs> so Max is coming. That's cool. Terry's a really cool cat. Um, oh, if, Terry Serio, who plays yeah, Terry um, Serio. Mike. Yep. So. Yep. And he did some really cool stuff. He did a lot of stage sort of back through the 80s and 90s. Like, he played Johnny O'Keefe in the uh, Broadway oh, that's the musical right. Shout. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. So he's a cool cat, man. He's a heaps cool cat. So, Mike coming back's great. Um, what about Cheryl? Cheryl going to be there? Uh, Getting the gear off? Do you, Okay, Cheryl. Everyone remembers Cheryl, right? Cheryl, do you know after that movie, Cheryl went to the States and in Los Angeles, she became known as... The fitness coach to the stars. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Man. In the 80s in America, if you were, yeah. if you wanted to look good, you'd get Cheryl. Wow. Or whatever. Or, I can't remember what her name is, but yeah, she's a Kelly big, she Roberts. A, yeah, is. she was a big deal in the states, man. Huge, huge. It's amazing, isn't it, when you actually look into the careers of the people who were in this movie and like, what they do now. I've got the best it. one that'll spin yet. The best one from the movie will spin yet. Okay. So, um, what was his name? Piss off. In the leg irons. Old mate in the leg irons. Chris Greaves. Christopher yeah. Greaves. That's his name. Yep. Gets the ice cream shoved up his nose by Arnie Jack. Oh, no, the woman <laughs> was Arnie Jack, the police cop. Yeah. Chris Greaves was in Running on Empty as the leg irons guy. Chris Greaves was also that mechanic hanging out with the mechanic in Mad Max oh, 2. Mad Max 2. That's from the he fixing... was the one repeating everything. Relaying the messages yeah. from the guy who was in kind What's of that hanging it? sling. Yeah. It's got a cracked injector line. It's got a cracked timing cover. It's got a tooth missing off the timing gear. It's got a cracked radiator. There was like 20 hours, 40 hours, 80 hours worth of work he read out. How yeah. long do you need? 48 hours. You got 12. <laughs> Fucking 12. Best breakdown fit on earth. Couldn't get all that done. Anyway, <laughs> he was he was the mechanic in that. So he was in Mad Max 2 and he was in Running on Empty. 
Yeah. And you know That's what he does now? sewing it up. You know what he does now? Mate, if it was me, I'd feel like that much of a legend. I just wouldn't be doing anything. I'd just be he's, getting paid for who I was, I think. He yeah. is Dr. Christopher Greaves, Professor of Law, Monash University. Oh, you're shitting me. Oh, imagine just imagine just being in one of his classes. Oh, It'd be awesome. I'm not any of this up. Like, good on him, too. My good cousin on him. in Melbourne, Marla, told me about this years ago. She said, oh, my mm. friend, her dad used to be in Mad Max, and now he's a lawyer, and he's very serious, and blah, blah. And I'm like, oh... Yeah, right. I, I never paid much attention to it. Then I figured out who it was, and I'm like, holy shit, he's a big deal. <laughs> exactly. Especially in like these circles, the Gen X car circles. You know, huge deal. And though, having those two movies under your belt, like, you know, that's basically something that's never going to go away. And in, in a good way, I mean, too. You oh, know, hi, so. I'm Chris. I'm kind of a big deal. You might remember me from <laughs> your two favorite movies of all time. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And what about um, car-wise? Would it be your favourite car from the flick? Are you like a, a Fox man or the XY, EK maybe? What are you thinking? I, I think everyone I think everyone has a soft spot in their heart for a black-blown 57 two-door. Yeah, true. I think that's undeniable. But I think mm. when I got – when I first watched the movie, it was definitely the Chev. Yeah. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't love the Chev? But I think – I don't know. I think when I got older, having the XY on a bit of gas – that was really cool. Like, all of a sudden, Mike was a bit of a contender, had a bit of laugh and gas shoved up its ass. Like, that was, mm-hmm. you know, and he was, he was, because I can't remember, what was Fox running? Fox was only running 12s back then. Yeah, but that would have been classes quick oh, back then, the like 80s. we were talking about. Yeah, well, that's right, like a 12 signal. Like, oh, wow, I can remember yeah. watching that thinking, cool. Big block quick. 440 revenue, tearing your fucking eyelids off. Like, that would have been... <laughs> That would have been sick as all get out back in the 80s, man. Like, yeah, big time. And it's funny. Look, I personally, for sure, 57 man all the way. But yeah. a couple of special mentions. This is just getting you into some practice for um, Bible studies, which I'm going to collar you into a bit later. Sure. Is the monk, Kevin Monk Daytona, that has a cameo in there. I just <laughs> yeah. Nothing, yeah, nothing is... says rake like Kevin Monk's old Daytona. That's a cool car, man. That it is, is a heaps cool car. Yeah, and the gutting part about that, it got sent back to America and was like basically restored back to original apart from it still right-hand drive. But that thing, it had like 15, 12 US races under the back, the Flex Flares. It's just such an awesome car. But um, if I couldn't have that car, I, I liked Victor's panel van at the oh, end the, of the movie when it's oh, turned into the Concorde. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. with all the, the Concorde front, which is basically like the Mad Max front. So yeah. yeah. Get it um, hopping. Jerry Sont. Jerry Sont. Jerry Sont's done Home and Away and all kinds of stuff. And he's he's actually really excited about it because he married a French lady and she's never, oui. well, they've never spent time in the outback really together, in his words. Yeah, so they're okay. actually really looking forward to coming out to Cobra, which will be really cool to have them here. Definitely. And I guess. Um, so just to confirm the dates for this are the 26th to the 28th of October of this year. Now, where can people find out extra information? You've got like a Facebook page, uh, website. What's probably the best place for people to go, Ben, to check this um, out? If people aren't really cool on social media, we've got a website. It's, it's as easy as runningonemptyfestival.com. Yep. If you can remember that, that'll give you the real guts information, where, when, what time and some accommodation links to try and get you try and get you bedded when you're in town. Um, yeah. For those that are a bit social media savvy, uh, 
definitely Facebook's probably the best because we put updates there all the time with different sponsors we've got coming on, different accommodation options. Oh, we've got our own beer. Did I tell you that? We've got our own beer for the festival. Oh, sweet. Please um, tell me that Richard Carter, the man famous for saying don't burn the snatch kev, he's the guy who did the VV ads. Yes. After, in the, yes. you know. <laughs> so, Jeff Rowe, so, sorry, Rama, Jeff Rowe. Yeah. Is definitely yep. coming. He's a, he's a, he's a um, farmer in the um, Channel Country in Queensland. Right. He knows everyone. He's just, oh, he, calls cool. it, he calls me lad. Now, don't worry about it, lad. I'll be all over it. <laughs> And he's trying to get Richard Carter to come along, and he's trying to get Arnie Jack. And the ones that have been a bit harder for me to track down, he said, don't worry about it, lad. I'm all over I'm on it. To I'll it. talk to them. How about so Deborah if Conway? Get, if, if he could Deborah Conway, I really would love to get Deborah Conway there. Yeah. I think there's going to be a scheduling conflict that Spilling. isn't going to really happen for us, which is very unfortunate. But uh, It sounds like the people and the cars you have got coming are going to more than make up for anyone who can't. Like, I just... It just sounds like such an awesome weekend. So, so we haven't got Richard Moise, the only one. Poor old Richard um, Fox, Foxy, who yeah. people might remember later on was um, the dad in Round the Twist. Yes, I remember that show from a kid, ah, yeah. He's a cool dude. Um, he, unfortunately, poor bugger, he's got that bloody stupid stinking MS. Oh, okay. And he struggled with that. I think he was he made a documentary on his own um, brain surgery um, where they put stimuli in your brain to try and counteract the MS. And yeah. um, he's sort of faded from the scene since then. So I think he's probably in his own in his own world trying to deal with trying to deal with that stinking disease he's got. But um the Fox one will be there and obviously we'll do a big shout out to Richard. The fifty seven yeah. will be there with Max Cullen. Not the original fifty seven. That's in a shed in Sydney. I know that for a fact. But yeah. um if you read Street Machine, Jenny Clee from Shepparton, she's bringing up her replica and... Oh, I know the car. Yeah, yeah. and a guy named Mark McLean from... Uh, he's up around Brisbane Way. He's bringing his down and they're both mint replicas. So you're going to have Rebel cool. there next to his car. We're yep, having... fantastic. Um, there's a Gazard Brothers EK that's going to be there, so hopefully we get someone to represent for Gazard Brothers. Yes. There's a guy named Alan... Potter, I think it is. He's doing yes, up a I know one. Alan actually. Do you? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got. He owns Foxy Lady. Yeah, he he's the current uh, owner of Foxy Lady, a custom uh, panel van from the eighties. Yeah, he's one of also, Australia's most iconic panel vans. Yep. I think he's also doing up a fifty-one with a bull bar, the same as Rama. Yeah, sure has. I've seen the photos. He's he's right into it. He's so fully have, making moves. <laughs> we have Jeff Rowe next to Rama. Oh, then you'll have mate. one of the Gaza brothers next to the EK. Then you'll yep. have Rebel next to a 57, and then, you know, hopefully we can have a representative there for Richard to stand next to the Fox, and yeah. everyone will be represented. Like, the whole lot will be there. And as far guess... as I'm concerned, if everyone who's coming brings a decent car, and mm. then you've got the stars and the hero cars there, then the festival's made itself. It doesn't matter the rest of it. The rest of it will just fall together. That's exactly right. And the thing is, too, with that is that I'm sure people are going to get into it clothing-wise and everything. So even if you're not bringing a car to the festival, you can still be a part of it. Just, you know, get into your best 80s threads and just really get that whole yeah, vibe of the event Fuck going. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome. So. Don't get fucking hung up on your ego. Just be who you want to be for it. Like, <laughs> And look, and that's one of the great things about any of these car shows we go to, like, you know, Summer Nats and, and mm. Winter Nats and Easter Nats and Motivation. Like, the, they provide the facility 
and then the people that go to the show with the cars, they become the show. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. it'll be the same thing. Like, you've got a small little country town. We are literally in the middle of nowhere, and that's all right. I like it like that. Yeah. We like it like that. We love it like that. But all of a sudden, you're going to drop 3,000 people, 1,500 cars, like 1,500 cool cars. It's going to be like American Graffiti on Friday night. The the main drag will be just chockers, bumper to bumper, gridlock with cars, hot cars. Oh, it sounds awesome. It sounds old school to me too, which is even even better. So, no, that's great. Um, look, uh, I guess for anyone who's sort of tossing it, whether they're going to head along or not, check out check out the Facebook page if you're on Facebook or maybe go and have a look at the website. Now, Ben, are you happy to stick around and do some Bible studies with me, have a bit of a review of the latest Street Machine magazine? Mate, I've got it sitting right here beside me. Anything you want to do, buddy? Okay, brace yourself, mate. <laughs> for what? Oh, now listen, you're going to be glad you didn't have to sing that with me this time around. <laughs> Jesus, friggin' didn't Redmond and I cop some shit for singing that that last time? You know, uh... we were just trying to have a bit of a laugh and mucking around, but people take it so seriously. We actually got some hate mail over that one, so... Oh, really? Anyway, yeah, because <laughs> we Jesus, sung the intro out. to Bible, so I know. <laughs> Maybe this isn't the podcast for you if you're Maybe. thinking, Was get offended by that. Bible studies or probably did you try and sing Hallelujah? We tried to sing Hallelujah, as you may recall, back in episode 12, and uh, because I lost the original intro that I just played, I've actually oh, reformed it. Oh, that was the it. computer crash of yeah, we don't the talk massive about. computer, yeah, that's right. Well, maybe and, if you uh, do the Leonard Cohen version, or, or <laughs> I don't know, Jeff Buckley yeah. did a good version of Leonard Cohen, maybe we could rip that off. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Like, that's the thing. It's actually horsepower Bible studies. So it's Bible studies for sure. So I don't think any of the, you know, religious people are too offended, which is good. But I think people were just offended by the screeching that was us singing. But um, you know what? If you don't like it, like I said, probably not the podcast for you. We're all pretty casual around here. But Fuck it. I'd take it as a compliment. If that many people listen to it, you get that much hate mail. That means that many people listening to it. Oh, you know, listen, I like to keep things pretty casual and, uh, yeah, <laughs> try not to get angry I too much. A casual but, unit. Yeah, I tell you what, mate, as I was sort of staying, as saying at the beginning of the show, he's in New South Wales at the moment. Anyone who follows our Instagram will have oh, seen his videos, the it. carnage he's wreaking around it. New South Wales go and on, Bathurst. Go and look at the one where he's driving around Mount Panorama and his sister's Mitsubishi. That's <laughs> my friggin' favourite. Like... It's funny you say that. That's my favourite video too. Now, people think, oh, does he still make you laugh or I still make him laugh or whatever? But I'm watching that video and he does make me laugh. Like, as I've said before, a lot of this stuff is off the cuff. We don't know what we're going to talk about until we're doing the show. He says there, oh, the Reggio's going to run out before I get around this track. And I just, I had like snot coming out of my nose laughing at that one. So, I guess, mate, uh, we, we appreciate you filling in for him this month to review the August 2018 edition of Street Machine. And can I just say, talk about an awesome, an awesome issue. It's got so much into it. It made a lot of this really difficult as far as choosing favourites because it is just jam-packed with so much cool stuff. And I'll especially really for honest. our I've read, generation I've read of people. this magazine for a long time. Yeah. This episode this month, this August edition... 
would be have to be right up there with one of my favourites ever printed. I'm not Agreed. saying that to be an alarmist because yep. I'm on the internet now and I'm filling in for Smelly Man Shoes. I'm saying that because <laughs> this is one of the fucking best articles that fucking Redbeard and his man of merry men out of Melbourne have ever made. I reckon it's awesome. Yeah, no, look, definitely there's a, a, cu- a couple of things I definitely want to talk about with this uh, issue. But I guess the one thing that warms my heart, especially coming from an era when people used to not be purists and not be restorers, one rant I shouldn't get on with you, as we all know, but the fact (laughs) that people, it's so obvious in this magazine that people are sort of just thrown off the shackles of of what's considered to be the right way to build a car these days and just letting their imaginations run wild. And I mean, I guess to kick off, I'm going to ask you, what's your rig of the month, Ben? What was the car, the feature car that you love the most and why? I'm really struggling. And I'm struggling in my inner core because the cover car to start with. Yep, Shannon's Escort with the blonde yep. 253. Yep. Yeah, it's got a fucking 253 in it to start with. The most yeah. fucking hated of all fucking V8s when I was growing up is now fucking on the cover car belting just under 600 horsepower with a 471 jam down its neck. <laughs> what was got... the old saying? Power of a six cylinder with a fuel economy of a V8? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, a 253 back in the but bad days. Got... But then you've got stuff like um, that HJ with the retro with the LS in it. I thought that might be up your alley. That's yeah. Oh. And the fact they do a big build article on it. But that HJ is right up there. But then you turn around and you were just saying about people throwing off the shackles about building cars. That LC GDR in there, that's a perfect example of, you know what we had kicking around that would go pretty well in that little Tirana? There's an RB30 right off its fucking head. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, now, you're obviously talking, this is one of my very special mentions. It actually came a very close second for my rig of the month. Um, That was uh, Anthony, now listen, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Anthony Guinness's LC, and that's run a 908 at 145 miles an hour. If you look on page 85, it's an LC Tirana with RB power, and there's something about that car you know, it just it looks cool. It obviously goes really well. I love the fact he built it out for genuine GDR just how he wanted it. And the fact that he's owned it for so long, like it's a super cool car. And that actually also, one of my probably favourite, I guess it's an action shot. Okay, it's sitting still, but for me, that's still going to be an action shot, is that rear shot of it on page 85. Rear just, shot on 85. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just sitting there. It's squat. It just looks tough as. It looks menacing. And that story was written by Andrew Broadley, Broads 355. Yeah, good old Broads. And he's on the dry July, so it's probably actually written fairly well with no sparring errors. So <laughs> he's done yeah. very – but that's a, like <laughs> the interior is all in black, nothing over the top. It's all there what it needs to be. Mm, it's he got yeah. brake lock, trans lock, nice stitched up, the extra switches – Bit of crap hanging off the rear vision mirror, GDR badges, but just... Yeah, spot on build. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just yeah. heaps cool. Someone, yeah, no. Nah. Nah. And look, that's that's what I love about Shannon's Mark One Escort too. that of course is the cover car, the green Escort with the black stripes. Like, the thing I love about that, it crosses so many different genres of car building. Like, you've got almost like burnout car with a power plant. You've got kind of like... Rally car with the flares, got the like the Mexico type flare guards and stuff on it. It's almost you know with tubbing, it kind of has a little bit of a pro street. Like it's crossed all these different, 
genres, but he's made it work, and that's a really hard thing to do. Like, it's very rare that a car can be influenced in so many factors and end up the way it is. And the fact it's got probably the most office-head thong slapper 253 motor out there at the moment as well. Like, it's... I don't know, there's so much going on with that car and the fact that he and his missus basically did the majority of the work, I think, apart from maybe the painting and a couple of little bits and pieces. You know, Brianna, real, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, Brianna's dad did the wiring and it was a real kind of homemade affair with what they've done. And to, you know, for that car to achieve what it's achieved already and just the thing is it's so out of the box, that car. I mean, who would think to buy a Mark One Escort and put a blowing 253 in it and all the other work that's gone into it, not only tub it, but also put the big, huge Mexico-type, you know, rally flares. Yeah. Like, he must have just... He must have had, you know, a big night, had some wild dreams, <laughs> and just gone, holy shit. Uh, like, that's the only way to create purist. that. It's that's the best part. The... That's the best part. Oh, I love God, it. I love that's what I love about it. can't sleep straight in bed at night. <laughs> fucking just warms the cockles of my loins when they fucking feel Mate. uncomfortable with something. But it's Me just, too. Like, but even just the time and effort mucking around to cut down a ton of RAM to put a 471 on to set all that motor up for one. Exactly, yeah. and then yeah, let's definitely. graft it into a Mark One because that's what everyone does. You look inside of it, and she's full race spec. She's got the cage. She's got the oh, I can't tell. They look like Kirky seats in it. She's got the four point harnesses on it. You know, like it's all yeah. decked out. But that and that, I've got something for lime green. I've really got a thing for lime green. Like that's actually what color yeah. is that? Suits say it. what color it's in there. No, and the fact that he's got. You know, say like the mini light style wheels, which are, you know, I guess these days kind of more of a circuit racery type classic wheel, but with the Hoosier lettering. Like he's, he's mixed yeah, all these different yeah. styling cues together and come out with like a really cool package at the end of it as well. No, it's, so, a, credit, it's a credit to them both. I think it's. And if most you have, definitely. Have, a look, have a look at the camber it's got on the front of it. <laughs> That's right. Jesus, yeah. you're going to go through a set of tyres every two and a half thousand k's on that thing. But look, no, nah, look. In all seriousness, they'll still is... last longer. They'll still last longer <laughs> yeah. than the rear tyres, though. Hundred percent. But I just, I, I think it's, it's a total credit to them what they've done and what they've achieved with it. And like you said, crossing the genres and upsetting people, and especially, and it's got a thong slapper in it. Just building the car the way he wants it straight away is a fantastic thing, and. You know, I guess leading on from that, there are so many, definitely with sport for choice, and that's what made it so difficult to choose like a rig of the month. You know, when you include like the Tirana as well, we spoke about, but there's also that really tough Capri. And of course, another one, and there's a you know, great story with this one, is that HQ station wagon of Grant Mahoney as well, the red one. Oh. And you got to admire a guy that sells a restored Holden Sandman panel van to build the car of his dreams. Because all the you know, people were saying, oh, Sandman's worth good money and blah, 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 blah. But he said, you know what? Fuck the resale value. Building a car and having a car and being a car fan is building what I want. Yep. And the fact he's built his dream car from when he was 18, yep. mate, massive thumbs up to, to Grant for that. And good on him. I, I like seeing that. And again, it's a car that a lot of the work was done at home. So... Yeah, and look at just... a HQ, like, don't get me wrong, there's a million blokes out there, 486,000 of them ever made, and there's a million blokes that have done up HQs. And don't get me wrong, like, I'm a big HQ fan. I had one myself. Brothers Likewise, had, yeah. Brothers had two. But when you look at that styling and that stance of that car, that's that's a lesson for anyone out there who's going to go and do up a HQ from here on in because that is just, 
he's sat there and he's got that bonnet and he's grafted that bonnet with a, just a slight rise in it to fit the whole show in underneath, but not so huge that it yeah. takes away from the rest of the car. Like, it's not like having a reverse A9X scoop or anything like that's been done yeah. before. It's you a know, methodical build for sure. Debadged, debadged the grill, very straight, very low. Got that SS Chevelle kind of stance on the front, but just the lines. Nah, it's incredible. Oh, total hats off to him. I, I definitely, definitely, definitely love it. Definitely, if you're ever going to do a HQ and you want to be inspired, that's a car that I'd look at. It's for sure. Have Have you got any other, um, like I guess, Action Jackson type photos or special mentions you wanted from the oh, magazine? Just special find a mentions others? for the magazine. Let's go. You flip over to page ten. The Toxic yep. Avenger rise again, which is the boys. The Street Machine slash Carnage Boys had their territory they bought, their Barra territory. Cut it down to nothing. Virtually nothing, exactly. Nothing. Yep. Put a turbo on it with a cage. I did a few other bits and pieces. It's got a cooler on it now. It's got shortest pipes ever on a Barra. <laughs> yep. hit, sitting up in there, grinning like a Cheshire Cat's fucking the man himself, the deputy, Scotty Taylor. With mm. his Fu Manchu beard going on. Yep. Um, <laughs> 18 PSI on E85 making 444 real war horsepower in what was a couple of months before an absolute stock awful Barra territory. Yeah, ex- smelly too by the oh. looks of the video. <laughs> yep. seen that? But how, yeah, cool, look, how cool is that? Like, that's just, yeah, no. Nah. Good job. Any project Good job, that- boys. Any project that Bubba Medlin's involved in, you just know there's going to be a laugh along the way as oh, well, which is always the bonus. It'll be a um, lot of things, but it won't be boring. <laughs> I, I think for me, there's a couple of photos, like a couple of vehicles really stand out, and I always have this problem where I probably choose too many. But for starters, if you flick over to page 51, right, yep. there's a story there. It's Chris Thorogood and a couple of the guys headed north oh, for Cooley oh, Rocks On. Yeah. Right, the road trip in the <laughs> truck. goddamn is... pickup truck. So cool. There's a photo on page 51. They're at a servo. They're under the bonnet of the Chevy pickup, and there's like a Kenworth next to it with a tilt up. I see that photo, and it just makes me hanker for a road trip. Okay, as much as okay, the bonnet's up, it's usually not too good, and for the truck drive, the cab's tilted, it's usually nothing too flash, but it had me hankering for a road trip, not so much the breaking down, but the road trip itself, and especially like, you know, we're obviously recording this on Sunday. Today, I think it's the... 19th or something, but whatever it is. But yesterday was the mud run at Newcastle. Oh, I went I down there, yeah. drove old days down there from Brisbane and back, mate. Had a great time, and I was seeing photos of the mud run getting posted. And I was getting that, oh, just getting that twitch of you know road tripping needing to happen. Yeah, but that's a great photo. If you keep going over a couple of pages, page 55 to the top left, there's a red, like a reddy burgundy colored EH ute, and that's the full. 80s street machine build. You know, it's got the triples on it. It's got the different color engine bay, the dragway five spokes painted under the guards. That car just screams at me of awesomeness, that thing. So, massive fan of that as well. Doesn't uh, get much more 80s than that thing. <laughs> no. It's but that's right the, up there. But it looks still so cool. Like, it still has such a great look to it. And... I don't know. I, I really enjoyed that. And there's a couple other quick photos I was just going to tell you about. Just I'd love to get your opinion on as well. Flick over to page 126. Yep. Yes. Now, we're talking about... Um, oh, yeah. That, yeah, for Arby's Urban Warfare, that XW 
on that page, dog nut number plates, smoking the hides. That is just a fantastic photo to look at as well. That's that's probably that's actually probably my number one action Jackson shot. Is that you know that one? Who and, took that one? Oh, Ben Hoskin, formerly of um, Commodore Fame and Fortune. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Ben, you know, he always does some great work, but that photo, it just. I don't know. I can hear it. Like I always talk about, he can hear photos and stuff. But <laughs> yeah. I seriously, that one I can hear it. And you know, flicking over another page is that Porsche with an LS engine, which sort of really sparked my interest too, just for something different. I reckon that'd be a bit of fun Upset as well. Purist too. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Oh, look at that. Yeah. That's tough. That's good. Yeah. So there's a number of great photos, and I think as far as actually, um, probably my favourite as in stationary, so I'm going to call this my favourite special mention. Page 101 is that Sandbarra Holden Ute. Oh. Holden Ute sporting the Barra conversion. He's been kicking around for a little bit now, and I just, I don't know, it's hard to argue with the Barra conversions now. Like, yeah. Value for money and the ease of doing it. Yeah. But just the easy, cheap power you can get out of a stock standard Barra, chuck a turbo on it with an intercooler. You don't have to go crazy on the boost. Get someone to tune it for you and put it in anything. Yep. It's just a cool car and it really harks back to what, you know, as the, the street machining heritage is about. And it's a beautifully finished car too from the looks, from the photos and information I've seen as well. Like the grey, uh, oh, it's sort of like an off grey Richie Benno. It's a bone, it's a white, it's a beige. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like a bony grey, but the sandbarra done in like the blue and orange just makes it really punch. And yeah. they're having like a bit of a throwback to the Dunlock, Dunlock Aquajets tyres, you know. Mm, that's right. Nah, yeah. I just, yeah. And as soon as you put the bonnet and they haven't got an LS, they've got a Barra. Just like, yes. Yeah. Oh, that'll and get them upset. They'll be pissed off about that down the pub. But the thing is too, go to the bottom of that page and there's the American Graffiti Coupe. Small block Chev power. Yep. In a Ford. Yep. Like that's... Straight away is the answer to why people do barrows into Holdens or whatever. It's not so much about trying to upset people. It's making the most power you can for your budget. Just yep. going with a good conversion. Like yeah. it's hot. It's modern day hot rodding or hot rodding for the new millennium. Yeah. I think too. So now, I guess getting on. I know you're a big fan of Damien Chubby Low, as we are at Long Slappers. <laughs> He's definitely a, a friend of the Instagram page and also the podcast. Mate, that story in him, it's great to see him coming back with his VB. I can't wait to see that thing finished. I think it's going to be a serious mind-blower. You know, when you're considering he, he won top overall street back at Summonats 21, yeah. and it's his first car, I think it's got all the makings, it's got the history there. Definitely a worthy legend, um, Damien, you know, with low fabrications and also the powder-coating side of stuff he does now. But I can't wait to see that car finished. I think it's definitely going to be a mind-blower for sure. Look, um, Chubby's... Like, I've known Chubby, oh, shit, say 10, 10 years, maybe 12 years, probably 10 years now I've known Chubby. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and you'd be flat out finding a more genuine, nicer bike in the car scene than that, that big game. And with mess. skills. Yeah, and with skills to boot and as look, well. Honestly, look at Chubby and you just he's got fingers like little sausages and you wouldn't think the guy would be an A1 fabricator, but he's a magician. Like... <laughs> The stuff that, that comes out of that little factory is just just awesome. And, look, I've bought stuff off him before. He's helped me out with a few builds and even really simple stuff like um, when I was building the Cruiser and I spoke to him about a few bits and pieces and he said about chucking the sound deadener in there. And I chucked 
heap of sound editor and Chubby had sitting on the shelves there at his little shop at Jirawine. And he goes, yeah, yeah. chuck this in, yeah. it'll be a huge difference. And I've driven with guys and we've shut the doors on it. You're like, yeah, God, that sound editor is bloody amazing. Like, yeah, and every bill we did for the last ten years, but <laughs> it's getting old, that, mate. You know, that's all that is. And you talk about someone that's twenty-one, like you know, here we are, Top Street, someone that's twenty-one, mm. and was it GT? Was it Glenn Torrens in the Subaru Bumby, and they drove that Commodore and the Brumby from to Perth, Sydney that's to right. Perth. Yeah, that's it. In that number in that one, configuration. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm going to do a seven thousand k round trip to show you fuckers that it is a streetcar. Yeah, like yeah. that. And he's keen to do it again when it's finished, just to I'll back it what, up I again. Just did, I just did that trip and in then across the Nullarbor in a limousine we bought because I'm a dickhead. And we've got nothing better to do. <laughs> um, I would do that trip again in a heartbeat, and especially with someone like Chubby, and especially in a cool car to go from someone that's the motivation. Like you're talking about the two. I would argue the two premier sort of interactive car events in Australia and you go from mm. one to the other in a show-winning car and then yeah. you did it. What's, what are we up to? How long ago did he do that? Shit. Oh, jeez. 12 years be, ago? I was going to say it'd be over 10 years ago now. 12, yeah, 13 for sure. years ago? Yep. Shit, you're showing your age. I'm showing my age. Shit. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like he's building, he's going to do something like that again. And he's just, I don't know, anyone who's ever bought anything off low fabrication or anything to do with Chubby, I'd mm. be flat out finding someone that would argue with me to say he's not the most genuine bloke you've ever met on the scene, eh? Yeah. And look, the good thing is, too, is this it's a reminder of the people in the scene through, especially through the generations. I mean, you've got the book out now on Rod Hadfield, the mad scientist, scientist, oh, such a tongue twister title. Get it, get it, the get mad, it. The mad scientist of Australian hot rodding. You know, and I always remember years ago, Rod Hadfield reading interviews with him and, you know, uh, car features and stuff. And people were saying, mate, what's the go? How you, how come you're so prolific with building cars? And he said, the trick is do a little bit every day, whether it be searching the Internet and buying parts like off eBay or whatever the case may be or getting out the shed and buffing a few bolts. He said, make sure you've got to do something every day. And that's how you get progress made. And I still remember that every time when I'm like inundated with you know, work to do, especially if you're trying to build something for a deadline. Yeah. And I always that always springs to mind. And it's obviously the proof's in the pudding with the amount of cars he's built and how awesome the cars are that he's, he's done over the years. And he's another guy who just lets his imagination run runs wild, you know. And I, I guess in that same in that same vein, as far as the an older generation bloke is page 113 snapper, the guy who's got the rust never sleeps. Oh, sorry, page oh, yeah. 108. Yep. I did see that. The rust never sleeps. Is that one with the taxidermied fox on it? Has he got that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, the beauty of that is... What a legend, Like, yeah, nah. What a bloke. Yeah. I met him uh, at... Oh, jeez. A few... It must have been 2014. I met him at uh, Urella at the dust-up. Oh, yeah, and He yeah. was there in that chopped FX ute that's on page... The next 111? Yeah, he the was one there in that. That is such a cool thing. Like, it's a cool car. And I especially love, I guess, one of the things that, you know, I really enjoyed about this story was at the bottom of page 113, the photo of him and his Monaro at Byron Bay. He's in the HD Monaro. It's got the jelly beans <laughs> yeah. and the flares and stuff. It just goes to show, like, you know, some people have the passion and it yep. just sticks with them for their, you know, lifelong as That's well a as a lifelong passion. Too. That's just ladies' former lawn photo, that one. <laughs> that, you know That's what I mean? Right. Jelly beans on the HG, out the window, scrub yep. your hair, don't care. That's it, how it yeah, should be cool. too. 
That's so, how it's cool. <laughs> Mate, you got anything else to wrap up? Uh, Bible studies? Oh, this, Bible studies wise. I think we covered most of it. I just, yeah, that look, that HJ and the fact they did the build on it. Um, yeah, Custom Man Rod Shop. Yes. Like, it, it, it does a few things. Like, Custom Man Rod Shop and the boys down there that have got that business now, and they're having a red hot crack with it. And they've obviously, you know, been on board. But, yeah. you know, there's the car a couple of pages further back in all its glory. But if you go to it, it's sort of – I've always liked tech talk and I've always and, – and, and, you know, previous to, you know, who did that story? Boris Visevic, Craig Parker used to do a lot of that tech stuff. Yeah, and that's I think, right. Yeah. And I think getting in there and, A, displaying it is easy to do this retro tech sort of stuff and this is how you do it. And it's not that people are scared of doing things. It's just ignorance. And I don't say ignorance in a rude way. I say ignorance is no. they just don't know how to do it. Or don't know what's available to yeah. help you do and what it is as it? well. They're 14 steps? Is it 14 steps? Fucking may as well be a fucking cookbook. 14 <laughs> steps. They've put a... Is it an LS1? I'm fucking trying to remember. LS1 with a Turbo 400 in a HJ in 14 mm. steps on how you can set it up. You don't have like you don't have to do everything they've done with like the tubular A-arms and the coilovers, but it just gives you an idea what you're in for when you go to tackle a job like that. Like That's it, and how you can make it easier for yourself yeah. too. Like I thought of that story when you were mentioning about your HX and putting a um, LS in that. I thought, oh, I'm sure you've read that story in Street Machine, the latest issue about that conversion. Oh no, I'll be fucking laminating that one because actually that statement <laughs> sitting at uh, Chubby's. I've got to go pick it up from Sydney. Apparently, it's it's not too bad. It's just dirty as. So, but look oh, at yeah. that article. And there was another one. What was the other one they did a few years ago? It was into a Ute. They did an LS1 into oh, a Ute. Yeah, they were trying I remember to do that. It in a day. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they wanted that to put was, it in um, the Ute with the transmission with the six speed and get it started yeah. up in one day. Yep, that's right. I remember that was um, a yeah. gentleman who runs that uh, coding business. Uh, that's my, the one. Sorry, old fucking man memory. So I think it was a one-tonner or but, a Ute or something. But yeah. the whole point of those articles is so guys like me and you and all these other human beings who mm. go out there and get a little bit keen and go, oh, I've got an old Kingswood. Oh, I'd love to put an Alice 1, Let's Alice do this 2, to Alice it. 3 in it. You yeah. know, you look at that article and you're like, yeah, well, with a bit of now, you shouldn't get yourself into too much trouble. No, exactly. Yeah. Hey, speaking of that statesman, are you using the IRS out of it at all? Or just the motor and box? Just the motor and box. I was just going to put Can... a 9-inch in it and... Oh, sweet. Can you do the world's hugest burnout in that statesman and video it for us? Well, I'm going to before you pull the, the motor box out. So I'm pretty sure... That's going to happen? Those pies sure. will go bye-bye. Awesome. So, yeah, if you live anywhere near 28 Bruff Street in Coba, thanks for all the hate mail, feel free to come <laughs> around and watch me pop a set of tires off that before. Sweet. So Make sure we get on video. Box me up from the <laughs> Coba Constabulatory. <laughs> and lastly, mate, post a child tough choices this month between of course Shannon's Escort and also the HQ of Grant I personally went for the Escort Chris Thorough good pick great photo love the car just it just it just it just nips up so many things in the car scene for me it it, it almost reinstates to me the awesomeness that is people using their imagination so onwards and upwards it's all we can do and yeah again tell from the guys street machine they made it very difficult this issue to choose stuff because it's just 100% awesome stuff yeah so. agreed the whole the whole this whole magazine as much as i hate to bloody pump up red beard and bloody scatty beard too much they've they just killed it knocked it out of the park with this one but yeah yeah oh, yep. i don't know you look at that hq and that's just got everything going on the lines the paint the stairs the wheels 
the mild bonnet lift. But then you look at, oh, I don't know, Mark win the lime green and the thong slapper in it like yeah. that. Honestly, I'd, I'd tip the scale and agree with you totally, bud. I think we go with the Mark one for that one for myself as well. Look, they're completely different build styles. You know, it, like we, I'm sure we agree on that for sure. They're totally different build styles. I think this month we could probably go the way where two weeks, two weeks with one side, then flip the post over for the next two weeks. Oh yeah, God, yeah. Laminate, put a pen yeah. through it, and hang it off the ceiling, just spin the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. it. Let's not play preferences. <laughs> we'll get ourselves into trouble doing that. You get more hate mail than when you did trying to sing fucking Hallelujah. Oh God, yeah. We don't want that happening again, no. mate. It's been a pleasure having you on this episode of Thong Slappers. I thank you so much for your time. And I guess from Redmond and I and everyone else here at Thong Slappers, we just want to wish you the best for the Running an Empty Festival, October 26th to 28th at Cobar in New South Wales. So if you can get along, be sure to check it out. And, um, mate, it's actually I've really enjoyed having a chat with you. It's been fantastic. I've, I've had a really good time. Thanks for having me on here. Thanks for letting me fill in bloody Red's manky shoes. I've really, uh, <laughs> I've really appreciated it. <laughs> no, not at all. No, it's been fantastic. I hope too much hate mail over. Like, get that fucking tourist off and get Red back on the scene next week. But uh, look, thanks it's... for putting up with me. I'm appreciate it. And look, anyone who wants to come along to Cobar to hang out for running on empty, we'd love to have you. We'd love to see you. Bring your wheels. There's um, yep. more the merrier. But if you can't, I'll promise we'll try and get it in the pages of glossy magazines and get it on the internet and get the exposure. And actually, I'll promote this one. A mate of mine who used to be in the army with Ross Page. He's one for you, Roscoe. Ross yeah. Page and his team of merry men are coming over from Sydney, and he's a film producer now. Oh, and he's going to make an hour documentary on the Running on Empty Festival, and we're going to put it on YouTube for free. Oh, fantastic. That sounds so like if the you, go. if you can't get all the way out to Cobo, because we're a long way out in the middle of nowhere, then at least hopefully we'll have a documentary where you feel like you're a part of the action at some point. So. No, sounds perfect. Get now, again, just do you want to just run through that uh, web page you've got again for running on emptyfestival.com? I think it is. I might as well just say it while I'm saying it. That that's was correct. It. No, no, running, no, that's yep. it, bud. Running on emptyfestival.com yep. um, will get you the page, yep. Where else can people find you and follow you? Like, you know, yourself and or um, the Running on Empty Festival, Facebook, Instagram. What else you got going on there? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, the web page. Uh, we have taken a couple of ads out in different papers. Um, sure. We have been lucky enough to be on radio, on ABC Radio. It looks like we've got Channel 7, Channel 9, and ABC TV are all coming out for the festival as well. So Fantastic. And Hashtag. what's your Instagram? How do we actually find you on Instagram? Um, on Instagram, just look up Red Dirt Pirate and you'll get okay. me. And we put up little updates every now and again. And that'll link you also to the Running on Empty stuff as well. Fantastic. That's awesome, Ben. Thanks so much for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Been great chatting with you. Thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate being a part of it. All right, cheers. See ya. See you, mate. Okay, Smokes. Looking forward to episode 15. We'll be going straight into 1983. So it might be time to crack out your Wham T-shirt. If you do actually have a Wham T-shirt, probably best not to own up to it. Anyway, I'd like to just do our special thanks, Lucy and Deb, for putting up with us doing this crap. Of course, Ben Hewlett for coming on and filling in Redmond's shoes. And I'd also like to thank Simon Telford from Street Machine Magazine for his unwavering support of the Thong Slappers podcast. So thank you to everyone. We'll be definitely going to tune in and see what the go is with Redmond's, his choices for Bible studies with the August Street Machine. And I guess that probably gives me a bit of time to study that friggin' front cover because you know, you just know he's going to ask me what I think about it. Cheers, folks. See you then. Bye.